Sound one, two. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Let's try that again. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Okay, that was a bit better. Well done. Come on, give yourselves a round of applause. Welcome to Church Without Walls. We're back. I know it's almost like the end of January, but you know us also. We're like, hey, can we chill, please? Let's relax a bit. All right. But we are here, and I'm saying welcome again because I haven't been on the mic yet. But uh, yeah, man, it's good to see all your faces again. Did you guys miss church in December? Hey, you did? Did anyone go visit around any other churches? Did you have any services at home? Any stories to tell us? Anything? We had a cool service in Mozambique. That was fun. That was a really cool service we had in Mozambique. Very, very cool. Uh, I, I don't have the stamina for guitar anymore. I can't believe in three weeks, like my hand this morning when we were going there, when everyone stopped, we thought we were going to move to the next song. Then you're like, no, let's just wait there. Everyone stopped. I'm like, okay, I got this, guys. I got this. And then I didn't have it after five minutes. I'm like, everyone play, please, <laughs> please. But praise the Lord, the team came through. Let's give the band another round of applause, please. <laughs> Worship this morning was so sweet. As always, thank you all for opening your hearts. Right? That's the key to worship. It's opening our hearts to God. Amen? And now that that's up, this is what it's about. I will transform. Amen? Not I will change. Not I will do better. I will transform. Amen? Do you guys know that the biblical principle of growth is transformation, not change? Did you guys know that? Change. What is change? Change is me having a look at everything that's wrong with me and seeing how I can do better and try and fix things. What's the difference with transformation? Transformation is understanding that the old you is dead and there's a new you in Christ. And it's looking towards Jesus and yielding to that vision that he has of who you are in him and submitting to him with that. Amen? Amen. So are you guys excited? Amen? Okay, by a show of hands, who put on more than two kilograms in December? <laughs> well, I hope you did. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's not bad, hey? I said more than two kilograms. There was only a few people. The rest of you? You guys were good? I don't know about you guys, but I ate so much bread. Oh, it was bad. Sure. <laughs> Mozambican bread. Yeah, it's Uncle Clive. It's your fault. Where are you? Every morning getting us 15 loaves of bread. <laughs> it's great. Do you know what they call it? They call it power. Yeah, power. Because that's what happens to the scale when you get on the scale. What it's happens you, after you eat bread, you go like this, it makes a pow sound. Kind of pow. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God is good, man. Happy New Year, everybody, if I haven't said it already. So lucky to be back with you guys. We're all well rested and we're ready to take this year on. Amen. Amen. And uh, yeah, exactly what Bash is saying. I just want to reiterate that we've got to be careful of falling into change. Change is self-management. It's, it's something that you're going to do out of your own strength. The Bible speaks of transformation, and that word over there, transformation, it denotes you not changing anything in yourself, but you putting yourself in the right environment, and when you're in the right environment, you actually get uh, uh, transformed into a, a, a product that the environment has produced. That's the difference between change and transformation. We've got to understand that. The Bible never uses the concept of change. Never. Always uses the word transformation. Why? Because if, just like a little worm, what do they call them? A little, um, little what? You almost had me there. <laughs> you nearly said almost caterpillar. Said it, yeah. Little caterpillar. <laughs> when the little caterpillar, I mean, it always was a 
butterfly. The caterpillar doesn't go and change itself to become a butterfly. The caterpillar goes through a natural process where it goes into the cocoon and the cocoon spins it and does all that stuff and it comes out a butterfly. Amen? That is metamorphosis. That is what takes place when we put ourselves in the presence of God, when we put ourselves under the Word of God, when we allow the Word of God to discipline our mind, will, and emotions, that is what gets produced in us. The Bible tells us in Colossians that it is the message that saves the soul. It is the message that transforms the human heart. The power is in the message of the gospel. The power is not in your hands. The power is not in your education. The power is not in your strength. The power is in the Word of God. Amen? And our job is to stay connected and under the Word of God. We must be disciplined by the Word. That's all. And if we put ourselves there, just like a little caterpillar, okay, we will become beautiful butterflies. Amen? Husbands, turn to your wives. Aren't they beautiful? (coughs) Some of the husbands are like... Yes, 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 she's beautiful. (laughs) Do you know that the Bible says that if you look upon your wife and she's beautiful, you're a blessed man. It says you're blessed if you can see beauty in your wife. Amen? Your wife doesn't have to be beautiful for you to be blessed. If you see that she's beautiful, you're blessed. That's That's what the Scripture teaches us. Amen? Come on, turn to that person and say, it's a choice. (laughs) Amen. God is good. Give him one more round of applause. Come on, guys. So as you know, we're on the the series of the kingdom, and we're going to do a little bit of a segue this morning. We're going to divert, because we're going to do a restart thing for for, uh, 2024, and then from next week, we'll jump back into the kingdom. It's the most important message, so we're going to sit on that message until you guys understand the principles and you know how to, to work them and enjoy what the kingdom promises. Amen? But this morning, we're talking about a new year, a new page. The calendar has turned over. It's 2024. And all of a sudden, there's all this pressure out there. Yeah. You know, every, there's pressure. Everyone's going to ask you, like, like, what is your plans for the year? And what do you got going on this year? And what's this? And, what? and you're going to feel pressurized to be able to give them an answer or to make yourself look like somebody that's on top of things. I'm on, the, I'm on my toes. I'm on the front foot. Look at me. I'm a mover. I'm a shaker. I'm a planner. You know? These are all the things. Everybody has made a decision in their heart. They're going to get wiser. They're going to get more knowledgeable. They're going to get stronger. They're going to get fitter. They're going to become more efficient. They're going to get some more skills. They're going to read some more books. They're going to lose some weight especially me, Kapow, hello? And everybody's thinking, in all these things, they're going to find some semblance of peace or some semblance of growth or some laugh. And how many of you guys know, I don't care how quick you get, I don't care how strong you get, I don't care how wise you get, I don't care how skilled you get. You can only do this by the grace of God. Amen? Let's not get caught up in worldly thinking, folks. Let's go to, do we have New Living Translation? Yes. I'm sure we do. NLT. 
I love the NLT translation on this scripture. You got it? Don't. Okay, but I'm going to read it to you. Okay, NLT, Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10. So I'll just say to you now, the whole world is running out there, and they're getting quicker, they're getting more skilled, they're getting stronger, they're getting wiser, they're getting more knowledge, they're signing up for courses, they're reading more books, they're doing all these things because they think that in that will be the success of 2024. Can I flip the script for you? I'm going to flip the script with the scriptures. Watch, did you see that? Yes, man, come on. P. Okay, Diddy. P. Diddy, thanks. Drop it like it's hot. Yeah, P. Diddy and the bash. I'll take it, I'll take it. <laughs> Let's go. Let's check this out, let me read it to you. <clears throat> now this guy, his name is Solomon. The Bible calls him the wisest of all men. And he makes a declaration here. In Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10. So, sorry? Is it 10 or 11? Oh, I wrote it down. That's wrong. That's not very wise, but anyway, it's 9-11. This is what he says. I have observed something else under the sun. The fastest runner doesn't always win the race. The strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise, listen to this, sometimes go hungry. And the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. And those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. It is all decided, listen to this carefully, it is all decided by chance. Now that word chance means opportunity in the scripture. It says it is all decided by opportunity by being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. That scripture just flipped the script on the entire world's mindset out there right now. They're all buzzing with all the things that they think they're going to do to get ahead. They think that all those things are going to bring them success. Hello? He says, the race is not always won by the fastest. He says the wise sometimes go hungry. How can a wise man go hungry? Let's think about this scripture for a moment. It says that the skillful are not necessarily wealthy, and those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. Wow. I mean, this is totally against everything you get taught in school, everything that you get taught in university. Everything you get taught when you go to those uh, self-improvement speech, uh, what do you call those guys? Motivational. Motivational speakers. But by time and chance, it shall be decided. Time and chance. <coughs> Let's take a moment and think about that. What does the kingdom tell us? The kingdom says, don't run out there like headless chickens trying to figure everything out in yourself, but come into the kingdom where things shall be added unto you. Hello? We have the Holy Spirit inside of us, family. We have all the foreknowledge, all the wisdom, 
all the insight. We have all the life. We have all the strength, all the power. And we have the time and opportunity within us. His name is called Holy Spirit. His name is Life Coach. Everyone's looking for a freaking life coach on the internet. What can that man give you that the Holy Spirit can't give you? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Because he wrote a book and he's got a bestseller. He's got all your answers. No way, Jose. It doesn't work like that. You see, through time and through chance. We've got to make sure that the opportunities that are coming, because opportunities are coming all the time. Amen? Our God is a God of opportunities. God moves people. He moves things. He moves situations to create the time and the place for you. But you have to be patient and trust Him, because like I said before we went into holiday season, I said, have you ever considered how much coordination needs to take place by the hand of God to get the right people, hearts to open up, to bless you, or bring you in upon their team, or to make you a part of whatever it is that they're doing, because you're the right person that God has orchestrated for that time. Are you with me? This is relationships. This is business. This is health. This is everything that you, that, that you will uh, need advice or, or guidance or leading in. It all comes from the Holy Spirit. So can we just put the brakes on all this worldly thinking right now for a moment? Can we just step back and realize there's nothing you can do this year that's going to all of a sudden miraculously change your life. They're going to sell it to you, I promise you. They're going to sell you every gadget, every idea, every course, every medication, every, I don't know, I've, it just, it's constantly bombarding us on our cell phones. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Do, you know, we were talking about, can we do the Daniel fast this year? But we, the only thing that we're going to fast is apples. Apple phones. Android, you're fine. Just apples. Why? Because... You just need to get away from this thing for a couple of moments so that you can hear the Holy Spirit. That's it. Let me tell you something, man. With a touch of a finger, you, you roll through 25 different sales pitches that are trying to get you off course. You see, what's the quickest way to destroy a man's vision? The quickest way to destroy a man's vision is not sit there and tell him, Ach, your vision sucks. Are oh, your vision's never going to work? This, no, 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 no. The quickest way to destroy a man's vision is just to give him a new one. And if you're spending too much time on this thing or listening to voices in the world or following after programs and, and schedules and whatever it is that they are offering, before you know it, you will be out of thinking in the kingdom and you will be in the darkness of the world, confused, running after your flesh, trying to make a plan, trying to add something to yourself, totally out of peace. Amen? 
Remember, shalom, peace, nothing missing, nothing broken. That's where I've got to stay. I've got to stay in that place so that I can hear the leading of the Holy Spirit because opportunity is coming and His timing is of the essence. Are you with me? You must be in tune because when the Holy Spirit says go, it's time to go. It's just as bad as not knowing what to do than to know what to do and miss the timing to do it. It's just as frustrating it's just as heartbreaking. It's just as costly. Are you with me? There's no new trick. Don't fall for it. I was watching uh, this thing on Yilsong. Uh, what is it called? Yilsong whatever. Man, and I just saw the one piece where everybody came in for the, the new year there, and, and the guy stands up there, and, and he encourages them for what he believes is the new year for them. No man can stand up here and tell you what God's got for you for the new year. Hello? How dare we? There's so many different people in this room alone, never mind those stadiums, where they have 50,000 at a time. There's 100 people or so. What every single person is at a different stage of their walk with the Lord. Every person in their life right now has a different kind of need. I can't get up here and say, hey, this is where we're going. Give me, give me 20,000 rand because it's the year 2024. Nice. What a bunch of liars. The Bible speaks, be careful. The Bible says, be careful of false preachers, false teachers, false prophets. They're all over the place. Wolves in sheepskin. Be careful. See, we're not going to stand up here this morning and build you up in your flesh and say, hey, that thing that you said you were going to do this year, run and do it, brother, because that's where the life is. No, the life is in the Holy Spirit. It's the simple gospel. He never changes. There's only one way to your promises, and that's through Him. That is it. Don't be... Don't be flipped. Don't be persuaded. Don't be tempted. Just stay the course. What's the course? Stay in the Word. Prepare your hearts. The opportunity is coming. The timing is His, not yours. But you must be ready. Because when it's time for you to step into the ring and take out the champion... You are ready. Are you with me? You are ready. Best jump in, man. And I think it's quite exciting, you know, when you think about it. Um, when we talk about the New Year's things, I know every year we go through this kind of cycle, but this year we're taking a bit of a different uh, angle to it. And uh, it's really exciting for a believer to have this truth, you know, to, to understand this reality because then you can live a life without limitation. Are you with me? How many of you, when you set new goals and, you know, it's the new year, the calendar turns, it's all about increasing your limits? Anyone? I want a bigger house because this one's too small. I want more money because I want to do something else. I want, I want, you know, you're kind of assessing things, yeah, you're kind of assessing things based on the limitations you felt. Anyone know what I'm talking about, right? You kind of look at it and be like, yeah, you know, that was there. We, we should maybe look forward to all of that stuff. And, you know, the truth is it's by design. You know, God created us 
to look after our cell phones and not damage them. Praise the Lord. Sorry, I just knocked it here. But uh, God created us, what? To go forth and multiply, to have dominion in the earth, right? That every time we go out, we are becoming leaders and builders and creators, that we're serving each other in love, amen? That whatever gifts and talents we've been given, we are allowing the grace of God to, to empower that in us so that we can serve each other better, amen? But the world system is you kind of consistently have to be catching up with your lack, inflation, ESCOM, SARS, whatever else it is out there that's, hey, yeah, we won't talk about that one, but that's escalating more and more and more, right? But God always wanted to be the power in our lives. Are you with me? Everyone say sauce, not tomato sauce, not sauce, right? S-O-U-R-C-E, right? And it's very, very important that if you're caught in a change mindset, okay, it's very important to understand that you are your own source, right? But if you are in a transformation mindset, God becomes your source, right? Now, what does that look like? Because how many of us have goals and plans and everything, but we like, yeah, it's down there somewhere, and uh, I'm not sure how I'm going to get there, but in the meantime, I'll just trust God, but you're stuck in that place in your life where nothing else moves until you get that thing. Aish. I heard a, I heard a few Aishes. You guys know what I'm talking about? For some of us, it's the next step. For others, it's a problem that we're waiting to get sorted out just so we can move on. You guys know what I'm talking about? Right? And, you know, a very interesting concept for the, the, the new covenant believer is that you died. And your life is now hidden in Christ. I mean, let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Very basic stuff we're talking about here, but, you know, we just, we just felt in our hearts this week that, you know, we, th there's a few things we need to tweak to experience very, very powerful growth, okay? Colossians 3.1, let's go there. The reason why, while you're getting the scripture, yeah. the reason why we need to do that, because how many of you guys know when you come to the end of the year, what happens is there's a lot of introspection, there's a lot of review, and then there's a lot of regret. And there's a lot of, ah, oh, geez, you know what? I didn't get this. I said I would do that. I didn't, this didn't happen. I didn't feel this change. And what happens is, by nature, you get to go for a break for two weeks. And on those two weeks, what do you do? You start to hop yourself. This is the flesh. That's normal. But that's why we have to go beyond the flesh to the spirit. Amen. And what happens is you look at what you didn't achieve, and then you start to hype yourself up on new ways of how to get what you didn't get last year. And then you come to the first service on a Sunday, yeah, and then we just shut it all down. Because we say, stop. Let's go back to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, exactly. So check this out. It says here, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above. Right? Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Verse 3, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Are you guys with me, right? You died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Now, this is what's important, guys, is because, you know, as believers, we oftentimes spend our efforts trying to fix the old guy. What, is, what does that mean? It's like, if I just become better at this, if I could just stop doing that, 
if I could just improve here, if I could try harder there. But our measurement of all these things is the failures that we're carrying in our own hearts. Are you with me? Oh, I used to be like that. I don't want to be like that anymore. I'm going to try not to be like that guy, right? But the truth is, the Bible is telling us that your objective is not to try and fix the old dude. It's not try and fix BCU. BC is before Christ, right? It's not trying to fix that guy. It's about accepting that that guy is dead. And there's a new guy now in Christ who is exactly as Christ is that every single one of us have become. Are you guys with me? Now, when we think about it in that perspective, right, what does that immediately do for us is that it frees us from what? Shame, guilt, fear, condemnation. It frees us from all these things. And what it also does at the same time is that it purifies our motives. You know, I've had a lot of opportunity in life to set goals, you know. And a lot of times I have to ask myself, why am I doing this, you know? And there were certain goals that I had that I wanted to achieve to change the way I felt about myself. Now, the minute you try and do that, you're trying to fix the old guy. Anyone here would feel better about themselves if you had more money? Anyone here would feel better about themselves if your body looked a certain way? <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> you, must, you must play to your strengths. <laughs> um, but anyone here would feel different about yourself if you were a bit more educated, if you had a certain skill, if you had a few more achievements? Anyone? Right? But this is something in life. It's something in life that we all have to wrestle with, you know? And what do we do? We, we, we read the scripture and we say, wow, I am whole. I am complete. I am content. I'm righteous. I'm holy. I'm redeemed. Amen? I am God's uh, uh, wonderful creation, fearfully and wonderfully made. His masterpiece. Man, all the scriptures are great. And you get to these moments in life and you say, but how come I don't feel like that? You guys know what I'm talking about? It's like I'm feeling sad today. And then your Christian brother comes like, hey. You're God's beloved. Yeah, I know, man, but yes, yes. And then, you, then you're like, no, because you know the truth. You're a believer. Like, I know God loves me. Like, yeah, hallelujah. You know, you go, you go through those motions. But we were never meant to just have spiritual realities. God intended for every one of those spiritual realities to be a reality that you see in life. Amen? Come on, that's a good place to, to give God some praise. And this, the, this concept of change versus transformation is the key to taking hold of all those spiritual realities. Amen? Because it is great that we are now kings and priests in Christ. But when we look at our lives, we see that uh, I'm kind of more like a politician, not a king and a priest. You know, uh, you kind of have this, this, this conflict, this tension that the life I'm seeing in front of me and the life I am producing is not in line with the truth I have in Jesus. Are you guys with me? And as a believer, you know it's in your heart. The Bible tells us we're one spirit with him. As he is now seated at the right hand of God, so are we in this world. And you think to yourself, wow, that is amazing, right? And we find these moments. Ish. 
this is not so much in line with how Jesus is sit, seated at the right hand of God. Are you guys with me? Right? So what do we do? What is the habit that kicks in immediately is I'm going to now fight to fix this. I'm going to make a plan. I'm going to find a way. I'm going to, I'm going to. And what happens is, is that we have all these pieces of evidence in front of us. Okay? So let's say you have a piece of evidence in front of you. Who's, here? Who's still in school here? Wave at me. Sort of. Yeah, school or study. So you write the test, and then uh, you get the mark back. 37%-ish. If it's maths, go see Sheldon. He can help you, right? <laughs> but 37%. What's the evidence? Man, I'm so dumb. Oh, I'm so dumb. But then you think to yourself, but God didn't create me dumb. Okay, Lord, I know you gave me a brain, and my brain works because my brain's a blessing. But why is this blessing not resulting in an 80 instead of a 37, Lord? What's going on? Right? You guys know what I'm talking about? Basic example. And what do we do? We say, okay, the 37 is there. I'm dumb until this 37 changes. Hello? Youngsters here? Oh, I'm ugly until I pass puberty. Or I'm ugly until I can bench press. What's, what's the benchmark these days? I can bench press like nine or something, right? <laughs> uh, nine plates in your faces, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Not nine plates, no. Nine plates of Nine one. plates of five. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. I was <laughs> going to say one. I'll take the five, right? But we make a decision. We say, this is this. Boom. I'm not going to budge until this thing gets sorted out. I can't progress. And, and everything in life doesn't stop for you. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that you could just, for one second, hit a pause on some smartwatch? And everything in life would stop so you could just handle this one thing. Anyone? I'm working on the technology. Can I see how many people want to buy that? I just want to know my sales targets, all right? We all wish we could do that. And then we, feel, we see the next evidence. And we're like, oh, I don't have enough money in the bank. I'm not going to be able to do anything that I like in life. It's like, okay, I'm going to focus on this until I change this thing. And what do we do? Because we believe is, Lord, thank you for your favor in this thing. Thank you, Lord. I see, I see. I thank you, Lord. I'm praying, I'm fasting. I'm going to get this thing. But again, life is just happening all around us. Our relationships are continuing. Everyone's moving on in life. Everyone's getting older, you know. And you become so fixated on these pieces of evidence in front of us that when we take this moment to blink back, we realize, hey, what happened to my life? And we turn around and we're like, oh, no, everything's falling apart. I thought if I just had this one thing, I'll be okay. There's one thing that you have, ladies and gentlemen, that guarantees you that you will be okay. And that is your assurance of salvation that Christ has given you. Amen? And you see, as believers, when we have all these pieces of evidence in front of us, do you know what we're told to do? We're told to walk by faith. What does that mean? Because faith also requires evidence, right? And our evidence is who God is and what Christ has done. Amen? So our discipline that we're supposed to have is to say, hey, this thing's a mess. And that's okay. Lord, lead me. I'm going to carry on with that thing can be there. But I know I can have faith. I can trust you that you're going to lead me to when this thing needs to be sorted out. The how, the what, the when, the who. Are you with me? 
Oh, but Bash, it's so hectic. You don't understand. The reason why it's hectic is because the burden to perform is still on your shoulders. Let's take a scenario, right? Anyone here ever done anything competitive in your life? Anything? Even if you competed at chess, I don't know, whatever it is. Wave at me, just so I know. You can choose a, yeah, okay, cool. I can use this example, right? So let's pretend for a second that I'm the greatest tennis star in the history of tennis, okay? I said pretend. I, I, I'm not feeling the love this morning, okay? Let's just use our imaginations here, guys. Okay, so I was the guy. I took out Roger Federer when I was 16 years old, you know? But he didn't even beat you last week, Dylan. I did. I beat him. I haven't beat him in a while. But last time I beat him, right? He, he's coming back for revenge. <laughs> but I've done all the things. I'm coming there. Cool, cool, cool. And let's say there's a new hot shot. Let's, let's call this guy you, you pointed out now, Dylan Kirkland, right? I'm at the top of my game. And yeah, he's coming up. And he's just wiping the floor with everyone. Jeez. Man, he's too hot. You can't beat him. And we get into this Grand Slam final. And this is my moment now, right? And I'm there. And I know he's taller than me, if you guys have seen Dylan, okay? He can reach further than me. He's faster than me. He's stronger than me. Whatever else, right? <laughs> and he's just whooping me. Now, when I'm in that scenario, the first thing I'm thinking about is I've got nothing here to answer this challenge. You guys understand what I'm saying? I've got nothing. I, I can't do it. I just can't get through. But as long as I stay in that mindset, what happens is I start playing worse and worse and worse. I lose all my confidence, I lose all my peace, I lose all my vision, I lose any creativity, I just get completely crippled. Why? Because I can see a challenge in front of me, but I know that I have no ability to overcome it. You guys know what I'm talking about? Now, when we come to those pieces of evidence in life, believe it or not, we're going to try and struggle and we're going to waste time and money and our health, many relationships to try and fight these things. And at the end, we're going to realize we don't have what it takes to get past it. But there's an amazing gift that we've been given. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 12. Pastor, you're going to jump in here at any time. You good? No, I'm okay. good. <laughs> yeah. And this is why a lot of people struggle with transformation, guys. They struggle with transformation because um, this is the concept that is very, very difficult to become settled in, okay? So it says here, um, uh, yeah, I'm going to see the verse now. Give me a second. Okay, let's go from verse 3. We can go from verse 3. Oh, verse 1 is fine. 2 Corinthians 12, 1. <coughs> All right, so this is Paul, and he says, I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up in the third heaven. Now, I don't know about any of you. Have you ever been so confident that you spoke in the third person? <laughs> Anyone here royalty? I don't know, <laughs> right? Caught up in the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows. What happened there? Okay. Was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. Sheesh, Paul, okay. I will boast about a man like that, 
but I will not boast about myself, except about my weaknesses. Now, here's a very interesting concept, right? Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say, or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, right? The thorn is a messenger of Satan, right? Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. What did he do? He asked the Lord, take it away, right? Anyone ever done that? Oh, Lord, just take this person, please. <laughs> Whether it's home to you or away from me, just let them be gone. Okay, I'm being honest. You guys are more holy than me. I've done that a few times, right? <laughs> Thankfully, the Lord didn't honor that prayer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right? Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure lots of people have prayed that about me. <laughs> I'm, I'm still here, okay? But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Now, traditionally, there's been this mindset that, you know, God said his grace is sufficient so that we could just suffer along. It doesn't say that there. That was like an interpretation that was done. But what it's saying there is God is saying is like, why are you struggling with this? You're pleading with me to take this away, but my grace is sufficient. It's at work in your life. Are you trusting in my grace? Are you bridging your ability gap with my ability? That's what God is saying. Are you doing that? Or are you going to be frustrated and defeated by seeing what the, the lack and evidence that is before you, knowing that you can't perform and just be crippled? Or are you going to say, Lord, I can't do anything here. But you know what? I praise you because your grace is sufficient. I'm glad I'm weak because this is your ability that needs to work now. Are you guys with me? And then what happens is that the minute you have that evidence in your heart, wait a minute, I sense God's grace in this. I can feel that he is here. I don't need to worry about that then. A lot of people uh, uh, look at certain believers and say, but how come you have so much peace? And they get a simple answer. It's like, because I trust God. You know? They're like, oh, even me, I'm going to trust God. Then they try. And for the life of them, they can't be free of the worry of this thing then you're not trusting God. But Bash, what are you saying? I trust God, okay? How did you trust him? I said, thank you, Lord, you'll do this. Okay, well done. But then what did you do when you stepped away from that? In your heart and in your mind, you were just seeing how your limited ability and resources and education was going to sort out this problem. You can't just say, oh, Lord, I trust you with this. You know what you need to do? You need to go and you need to open your heart to God and you need to experience in your heart his hands on this thing that you are fearful about. See, because peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is the presence of Jesus. Are you guys with me? So what do you need to do? You need to experience in your own heart that Jesus is in the middle of this. And whether it's going to disappear now or later, he is here. Are you guys with me? You need an evidence in your heart, not just a scripture. The scripture is your invitation to experience something. Amen? So when you say, when you look at a Christian who's peaceful, but 
there's a seemingly chaotic situation in front of them, and they say, no, I trust God. Understand what that means. Amen? So you as a believer now, right, all this evidence, are you guys still with me? We're painting a bit of a picture here. I want you to imagine all this evidence in front of you. You walk into your life, and all these things are popping up, popping up. The world tells you, as long as those things are there, you can't. You can't be peaceful. You're disqualified. You're useless. You're condemned. But as a believer, you know what you do? You realize, okay, all these things are here. But all these things is not where my life is. And all these things, I can't solve anyway. I don't know the way to go about it. I don't know what it's going to take to solve. So what am I going to do? I am now going to trust in God. I'm going to go to Him, and I'm going to experience in Him that, wow, Lord, I know you're here. And if you're here, I'm safe. So let me go back to my tennis example. We're in the final set. It's two sets each. I'm losing my serve. You know what would be great? If Novak Djokovic could just come and say, Bash, I got this. Give me the racket. Let me sort this guy out. I'm like, Novak, do it, brother. And Novak wins the match, and I get the victory. Right? Do you know that's exactly what Jesus is offering us every day? Think about this. When he made this statement and he said, all of you who are burdened and heavy laden, come to me, I'll give you rest. Come to me, I'll give you rest. He's saying the victory will be yours. The provision will be yours. The healing, will, everything, you will tangibly experience it in this realm because it's already all inside of you. But he's telling us, come to him. Hand it over to him. Now, I know every day, once your alarm goes off and you hit snooze 15 times, right? The minute you finish brushing your teeth, you're about to walk out the house, you already got a thousand worries on your head. Anyone agree? Yo, got like very somber in here. <laughs> it's like a thousand worries on your head. And you think, okay, the thousand worries are here now. Okay, I believe. Cool. But you've just stepped out into your life completely self-conscious, completely disqualified, right? Completely fearful, completely burdened. You've stepped into the world, and even when opportunities will pass you by, they just whoosh past you because you're so burdened and heavy laden. Amen? But God is saying in that moment, stand in your righteousness. You see, some people are just comfortable being righteous here, mm -hmm. right? But no, we must go beyond. We must be righteous here. The same experience of wholeness and contentment and righteousness that we have here in our hearts, guys, we must be experiencing in our souls. Amen? So it's cool. It's not cool that, you know, you're stressing out and on the verge of depression, but you're like, no, I'm saved. I'm righteous. You can stay like that. It's fine. But it's not God's purpose for you. He gave you the eternal gift so that you could rule and reign in this domain. In your families, in your work, in your ministry, whatever it is, he gave it to you. Not for you to walk around like you got baptized in lemon juice. I get it. You have a bad day. But some people are having bad days every day for 10 years. Hello? What's going on? Right? We need to be real about ourselves, guys. We, we, we're so comfortable with the eternal gift in our hearts that over here, we're like, no, oh, it's fine if I'm, if I'm depressed. 
it's fine if I, if I, no, why? Eternal life has been promised to us. More importantly, it's been deposited in us. Amen? But what discipline are we taking, ladies and gentlemen? What discipline are we taking with all this evidence in front of us? What discipline are we taking to say, you know what, Lord? I need to hand this over to you. I will not let this consume my life because today you have a vision for me. Today there are people that I can share your gospel to. Today there's opportunities to serve people, to tell them about you. Today I have opportunities to experience joy and pleasure with my family, with my work, with my dogs, whatever it is. There's opportunity for abundant life every day. But you see, if we wait for one little thing, to, oh, if I could just, this thing could just go. Listen, if you haven't put it dead at the cross, do it. Because the cross is your only answer. You know, especially if you're in a situation that's reliant on someone else to change. You're not going to have freedom until that person dies. Because you're at the mercy of them changing. Pash, that's rough. It's a reality, okay? It's a reality. Whatever it is, you've got to take it to the cross. Hebrews 11 tells us that faith is the evidence of things hoped for and the, no, the evidence of things not seen and the substance. Can you put it up, please? Faith is the substance of hope evidence. No, not that. No, I'm kidding. I made that up. Okay. All right. It says here, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Give me the New King James. It's got that, that substance in. Yeah. Faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. Now, substance and evidence. Substance. I put my hands on it. I've touched it. Seen. I've seen it. This is why every single thing now where you say, I trust God. Guys, there is an experience you need to have with God in your heart. You need to perceive it with your spiritual senses so that it overwhelms you and you say, what? I don't need to stress about this thing. I've already seen and tasted the reality here. I've experienced it. Are you guys with me? So don't get caught up in the rat race of, I need to get more. I need to do more. You want to live in the kingdom? The first paradox you've got to submit to is you've got to die to live. Amen? You want strength? Admit your weakness. Say, yes. Lord, I can't put my hands on it. I don't know how to fix that. But I thank you now. I put you in the middle of it. Amen? Sorry, Pastor. Amen. Yes. That was beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. It's, give him a round of applause for that. It's straight from the Lord. <clears throat> Man, we're so hung up in trying to be stimulated and feel that connection of what we believe and experiencing it in our lives, you know? And we chase after it in a degree or a promotion or we want to experience that thing. We want to experience success. <clears throat> but there's a greater success to experience, and that is experience those things that the Scriptures say. If you can have that one, that one moment where faith, your faith meets the rubber and it actually brings in the promise into your life. It's greater than any degree, feeling of a degree. It's greater than any, uh, any worldly success that you can taste. Because I promise you, above your degree, above your everything, and all those things are good. But when you can taste success in your faith, when you can actually live out something 
that God has promised you, and you can have it, I promise you it just lights up everything else in your life. Amen? So focus on experiencing those promises, the rubber of your faith, meeting the road, and you not losing control, and, and you are able to land the thing. That's what you want this year. Land the promises. Men, doesn't matter what you can get out there, money, knowledge, power, all that stuff. When you land the promises in here for the right reasons, it lights up your whole life with the righteousness of Christ. There's nothing that can take you to a higher place than knowing I'm walking with the one. I'm listening, I've learned how to listen, I've learned how to apply, I'm seeing it in my life. Listen, you heard, even a wise man can go hungry. Even an educated man can be without a job. Yeah. But when you learn how to bring faith to real life circumstances and get victory, I promise you nothing will hold you back. Come on. And there's no challenge big enough, whether it's health, wealth, wisdom, Nothing will hold you back. But it's up to you. You need to take the steps of faith to trust the Lord. Amen? That's it. God showed me this yesterday when we were talking about this. He said, do you know that he's the author and the finisher of your faith? Do you know that? Did I say that or does the scripture say that? He said this to me. He said, unless you get up and walk, I've got nothing to author. When you move, he begins to author. You move with him, and he will start authoring and authoring, and he will finish what he started when he gave you the Holy Spirit inside of you. Amen. 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 We, Give God a big shout of praise. Can we, can we do an exercise to close? Cool. Can, can we do an exercise quickly to, start, to close? You guys, you guys, you guys cool? cool? Five minutes. We're already a little bit over time. I'll be okay with that, everyone. Awesome. It's the first service. They're hungry. We've been gone for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jared's just going to bring out those uh, anointed finger, fingers of his. Fingers of Jesus. Did you guys get something this morning? Hey. And you know, the, the thing about, you know, what God has authored, you know, uh, is it Second, second Corinthians, your one that you, you love, man? Uh, no eye has seen, no eye has seen, no ears heard, no heart perceived, all the good that God has in store for those who love Him. You know, that, that, that beautiful example of that thing, you know, I want you to imagine before we start, just, just think about a bookshelf. And you know, on that bookshelf, God has already authored every possibility of abundant life that you can have right here. And you know what He's waiting for? He's waiting for you to trust Him, to say, Lord, you say I'm worth it, I'm going to step out. You say I'm worth it. I'm going to believe. And you know what he does is that when you step, he gets excited. He takes that thing off. And what he starts doing is now in your heart, he starts writing this journey. And he'll write it in your heart and he'll lead you to completion. Boom. The end. Next one. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. Because, you know, our heart for all you guys this year, you know, and anyone watching online as well, our heart for you this year is that you don't just be theoretical Christians. You don't just be Christians who, who, who understand, you know, rightly dividing the word and, 
know Greek and Hebrew and know every chain reference and you know all this stuff. But you are believers who are established and rooted in the love of God. And everywhere you go, you have absolute reliance on the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. See, because you don't need mountains of education and mountains of whatever. You need the saving grace of God and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. That is what you need to be successful in life, church. He's got to be real in your heart. When you face those moments, you got to say, right, this is it. I'll stand. Oh, but they, they're talking about me. It's fine. I've got a better testament. And even if, they, even if I've given them bad things to say about me, it's fine. I'll take that. But I know God will produce in me good things that they will say about me. Amen? We want you guys this year to, the, all the knowledge and all the understanding, the revelation that you've gotten on your journey with us in this book, this year, we want, to, we want you to physically taste and see that God is good, like never before. Break every barrier, every ceiling, every limitation, purely by the power of the Holy Spirit. When you, when you reach that limitation, and, he, and you can feel Him in your heart, He's saying, step. But you have all the evidence to say, Lord, I can't. And He says, step. We want you to have the confidence. Take that leap. Take that step and watch Watch how he will show you the goodness he has planned for you. Amen. Every eye closed. We said a lot this morning. We touched on a lot of sensitive areas. But these are real areas in our lives. Real areas. Don't let another year go by without becoming a doer of the word. Those who don't do the word will become deceived. That's what the Bible says. And if you let year upon year go by without doing the word and being deceived that, you know, I, I am a child of God. Yes, you are. But are you living like a child of God? Are you experiencing what a child of God is supposed to experience? If you're not, eventually... You will even doubt the word that you've heard. That's what the scripture says. Come on, let's land this thing. Let's land those promises this, this year. Let's land the word in our hearts and in our lives this year. It's your choice. Become a Christian who's not scared to fail. There's no use having a pie in the sky idea just to make yourself feel safe. It's time to reach out, take the pie out of the sky and eat the damn thing. Amen? Eat it. We can't live this wishy-washy, all heavenly, mindseted, no earthly good life. What's the use? What is the use? Come on, let's make a decision this year. This is the year we land. All those revelations, all those truths, all those promises, we land them in our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by our own strength. This can be the best year that you've ever had.
It's up to you. If you move, He will begin to author new opportunities, new dates, new times, new victories. It's all up to you. Move with Him this year.